You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. Art of Floating Podcast. Uh, welcome back. I'm here with my co-host, Amy Grimes. Hey, y'all. I've got Lance Foss over here. Hey, everyone. And uh, we got a few things that we want to talk about today. Uh, we're going to cover... Um, Lance has a really cool update from the CFC, the Canadian Float Collective. Um, there's a spot going around, a, a video for Dr. Oz in a float tank, and we have some ideas some thoughts on that and I, I'm curious if we're all going to be in agreement here if there are going to be some disagreements so I'm, I'm excited to talk about that with all of you guys um, there's also a really cool thing um, a gentleman is doing which is 111 days of floating and he's got a Facebook page on it and um, I think he's helping promote his float center um, and he's also I mean he's floating for 111 days and, and recording himself every every day when he does it so I want to talk about that a little bit as well um, I'm also, um, I've got a little cool float shop update, so I want to share that with you guys. And then we're going to get into some meat, uh, with the first steps to start a float center. Um, and we're going to, I'll share ideas on that as well. Uh, but first I just want to thank Floataway for being our sponsor for this episode. Uh, Floataway has been... Um, their byline for the last 15 years has been the simple act of floating in warm, salty water is the most relaxing experience on earth. It's true for each of the eight individual models and all, uh, and in all the 40 or so countries where happy customers float in Floataway float tanks. Floataway is proud of the specially equipped round pools in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where research is really putting floating on the mainstream map. You can check them out at floataway.com and find out how the company has pioneered new techniques, new shapes, and new ideas in floating. The founders, Colin and Ginny Stanwell-Smith, are world experts on every aspect of flotation technology. Floataway is a family business within the floating family. And again, you can check them out at www.floataway.com. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing all right for a, for a Tuesday night. All right. I heard that you guys might be a little sick. Is that uh. true? Just a little bit, just a little Going bit. Going out with it. I think Lance, Lance like a harder hit than me. Uh, Poor guy. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's okay. We're coming up. I have a little, a little bit stuffy, but I can still talk. So that's all that matters. It's what we're doing here. He's a trooper. <laughs> that's what they say. Thanks, thanks for joining us, everybody, tonight. Well, we've got two, two co-hosts that are that are sick here, um, but I'm feeling hundred percent. Um, all right, um, let's get to it. Uh, Lance, now that we've introduced you as being sick, um, do you want to do you want to talk to us about uh, the update for the CFC? Yeah. So yeah, I have an update from CFC, and for those who don't know what the CFC is, it is a nonprofit association called the Canadian Float Collective. Um, we've just got together to sort of uni- unifies the body in uh, uh, Canada flotation and get everyone working on the same level together. And uh, we just have an update from Travis McLean out of Float Nine. He's uh, been working with us, and he runs uh, the MetaFloat program, which some of you may heard about. But uh, uh, a couple of years back, he spoke with the National Health Practitioners of Canada about getting flotation registered as a approved modality. Um, at the time, they weren't accepting anyone, but uh, he's recently received an email saying this January they'll be accepting uh, new practitioners and modalities. So. Wow. Um, floating is actually we're going to be submitting it to them we're currently putting together the history of floating what it is the benefits the research effectiveness and um, a full center study and what's going on in Canada and we're going to be submitting to the, that to them and hopefully um, 
that will give us a national health practitioner's uh, number, which then can be used to claim with insurance and workers' compensation and things like that. So um, we didn't expect things to move this fast, but it's sort of uh, been tossed at us. So exciting times uh, with flotation getting covered by insurance. That's amazing. Very yeah. exciting. Take that and run. That's uh-huh. awesome. Way yeah. to do it, Canada. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Travis has worked hard at that, and um, that was sort of our main goal of CFC is to bring that forward. And um, Travis was sort of doing his own thing before, you know, even CFC was going, and we've uh, opted to bring him as part of our team and sort of all work together because that's when the magic happens. And, and Travis together. Says- he owns his own float center, is that what you just Yes, said? he owns Cloud9 in Abbotsford, BC. Okay. It's actually where I did my first float, too. Nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, anything else you wanted to share about that? Um, no, I think that's everything from CFC. It's um, it's a slow process getting everyone together. We're all busy running our own centers. Uh, right. We do have weekly meetings, but uh, things just move a little bit slower when you're dealing with the association. We've come to learn that. <laughs> So once you have that information turned in, how long is it until you know whether it's been approved or not? Is it something that's going to move quickly and, and be coming up here in 2016? Well, we're I'm hoping within six months we're going to find out. But um, another part that comes with that is they are expecting a certification process. Um, so certification process is just going to be a way to um, sort of keep um, the the health services um, on an even basis, how we're going to be cleaning, uh, different maintenance, like keeping maintenance different ways, um, just trying to create that whole process, which um, that's a that's a huge project. Um, do, you so. know, um, do you know how specific they want everything to be? Do they know how much research needs to be done or, or what kind of metrics that you need to show? Do you have any idea or is it just gather everything you have and we don't know we're yeah. just getting prepared we're, we're throwing okay. everything we can get everything the industry had gathered at them and hopefully they um they come back with some good news um it's still very early in the, the stages of this um we still need to have a follow-up meetings on it so um okay i am okay. speaking a little early so uh <laughs> just letting everyone know what may be coming and we can't promise anything because it is out sure. of our control but sure. we are working to it um, so you will get to find out more about what needs to be submitted before submitting it, though? Yes, yes. We okay. still, um, we sort of had our, our canned Thanksgiving on Monday, so we sort of, we skip our long weekends. So it's been a couple weeks with chatting, and this came up sort of in the middle of it. So next week we should have some more updates for you. Cool. Yay. Wow, really? Jeez. <laughs> I know you say it's, it's going slow, but... That seems very fast to well, me. A, yeah, it weekly meetings. Fast. It's it's weekly meetings seem like a lot, but uh, we try and keep it keep it short and keep mm. it frequent. And uh, as long as we keep showing up, it, the magic happens and we keep moving <laughs> forward. So Sweet. I love it. I love it. Congrats. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Congratulations. Congrats to the that. industry. Yeah. It's, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're actually getting recognized and starting to move forward. So Dude, I know when seriously. I got into this, there was float centers out there. Float shop was going, but it wasn't. People didn't know about it. Yeah. And uh, it's getting out there. Well, you're so, setting examples that might affect everyone here soon, and that's super, super exciting. Awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. Uh, the Dr. Oz spot. Um, let's see here. Uh, we're going to put it in the show notes so you guys can, can watch this video. Uh, Dr. Uh-huh. Oz is... Amy, do you want to introduce who Dr. Oz is, or uh, does everybody um, know who he is? 
Well, here in the U.S., he's a heart surgeon and actually quite a uh, well-renowned cardiac surgeon. Mm. However, he appeared on Oprah a few years ago and became, quote-unquote, according to Oprah, American's doctor. And it kind of went from there. And, and over the past few years, he's got he's taken a lot of heat. He has uh, been presenting things to the public as fact, and he's ruffled feathers in the uh, medical industry as well as even some alternative medicine um, uh, industries as well. And so this past week, he went into a float tank for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I found really sort super of. interesting, sort of, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> yeah, it was a very strange float. Um, have yeah. y'all watched this? Have you seen the? Yeah, the yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the first thing I noticed, I know this is the most ridiculous thing to notice, is why does he have a shirt on? Why is he <laughs> keeping his shirt on? Seems like a healthy guy. What's he hiding? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. That was kind of odd. Yeah. Uh, and and the frequent <laughs> ways that they'd come in and wake him up every yeah. few minutes, and like 15 mm-hmm. minutes. You know, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. I was impressed uh, yeah. at that point because I thought, um, I mean, like every, not every float center, but a- around the country, and, and I'm sure Canada as well, uh, in float centers, you'll see like a local TV station. They'll get in the float tank for three and a half minutes, you know. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is so relaxing. I could totally do this. And then and they don't ever float. They never show up again. They don't do an hour-long float. They don't do a 90-minute float. Um, so the fact that he was in there for 20 minutes with, um, I think, the lid open and the lights on. And then, you know, for for um, TV purposes, you do want to get in there and, and uh, check in on him. And so I, I totally get the breaking it up part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, he actually, and I thought he wasn't going to do the quote-unquote real deal, you know, but... He closed, or they closed the lid on him, and uh, when they opened it up, the light was off. Um, so I, I was, I was surprised and impressed at that. Um, I didn't get exactly how long he was in the tank. Was that officially said? I didn't hear. I know the first time was fifteen to twenty minutes, yeah. and then he was coming back. Uh, they came back, closed the tank, and might, and I, I might not have actually heard this now that I think about it, but I, I got the impression it was another twenty minutes. Yeah. Without. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it is around there. That's the feeling okay. I got. Um, okay. Which, honestly, um, a celebrity of that size, uh, spending 40 minutes in a float tank, I I was impressed. Whether Dr. Oz's legitimacy aside, I was just impressed that he was in a tank for 40 minutes. Um, yeah, I think we can give him a thumbs up for that. Now, the clip was only three minutes in some, and mm-hmm. it, I felt like it just kind of stopped all of a sudden. Was there, right. does anybody know if there's more to that episode? Oh, that's a good or? question. Um, because I have to admit, okay, so I put off watching this. I'll admit I did not watch it until today. Um, as someone who's in the massage industry, there's a lot of controversy there that I, I won't get into. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but, but, um, I was waiting for him to talk about toxins and that sort of thing. And that's why I was going to get him. And he didn't, he, everything he said, there was absolutely nothing. I had no issue with anything that he said. Now I felt like it, they cut that. Uh, segment short so I'm not sure (laughs) so you know it's like some conspiracy no no probably not but um but yeah I was surprised I was actually really happy with with everything I thought it was a very positive um right a good segment so you were you were saying you wanted to get him on toxins. What do you mean by toxins? You hear a lot of things going on about toxins? Exactly um you know 
<laughs> so go, in the go with it, Amy. Run with okay, it. Okay, all right. So a lot of people talk about, uh, especially in the massage industry, how massage can help get rid of toxins, and you should drink water after your massage because it flushes out toxins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've even heard people use the word toxins um, when it comes to floating. It helps you yes. get rid of toxins. Um, so, <laughs> so my issue has always been, well. Okay, if you're going to say that, tell me exactly, name those toxins mm-hmm. and explain mm-hmm. to me the physiological function mm-hmm. of how you're detoxing. And I have yet to have anybody uh, do that for me. Right. Um, now, that said, people use it and uh, I'm, I'm fine with it, but I, I get a little prickly about those things mm-hmm. <laughs> personally. <laughs> so, uh, so whenever somebody generically says toxins, it kind of gets me, gets me a little anxious. I gotcha. Uh, but but he didn't. He everything he said was accurate. There was nothing that w- would be offensive and I right. thought, well, gee, I just waited a whole week to watch this. Right. And it's really not so bad. That's so funny. It's, it was a positive thing. So as far as the toxins go, you're not finding an enemy uh. with me. I, I do um agree with you on that. It's it's a word that's thrown around quite a bit with no I guess like Western science behind it. No yeah. research behind what a what a toxin even <laughs> is. Mm-hmm. And and other people yeah. will give give an answer on it, but again, like the Western medicine has has never verified anything. There are some times when I think the word toxin can be used. Like I'm a I teach lymphatic drainage. I'm a lymphatic drainage practitioner, okay. and I will say in a very generic way, sure, the lymphatic system helps to get rid of toxins. In fact, the float tank is fantastic for your lymphatic system. But um, but I can tell you what toxins is and how it gets out of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that because it's a word people are familiar with. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And and Doctor Oz does toss it around quite a bit. So, um, so like I said, I I was actually pleased and then surprised. Yeah. Um, by the whole thing. I mean, it's so funny your response to that. I also saw other float centers posting it, and didn't even watch it. And I usually would jump on those things immediately, particularly a celebrity. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's something that's content that you would want to feed to. Mm-hmm your local community and I, I just avoided it and I, I just had this mental block about it and so um, when we talked about it being a show topic I I watched it and, and it was very um, mild and pleasant yeah. and yeah just like you said he didn't make any wild claims about it and even when they opened the lid on him uh-huh. he had just that brief moment of that relatable yeah he really did just relax for 20 minutes with the lights off and the yeah. float tank uh, I- before he kind of went into talking about it I was like oh yeah <laughs> I like I, that. I did too. He kind of had that float bliss going on for there right. for a little bit there. Right. Uh, did you did y'all get any feedback or get any calls from people who saw this episode? Not not that mm-hmm. I'm aware of. Uh-uh. We got a few calls. Is that um, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was so that's actually what drew my attention to it to begin with. Uh, we actually got some calls and uh, even though I didn't post it, I you know, I'm trying to think of some ways that we can uh, certainly take advantage of this uh, na- nationwide uh, education of floating. So that we'll see. You have not posted it now. After having seen no, it, I, have not. I don't see why I won't post it. I think I will actually. Yeah. Uh, will you still not post it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna think about it a little bit. Are you anti Oz? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he just bugs me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's an amazing, uh, amazing surgeon, but. He there's a certain thing that I I don't care for. Uh, but the, <laughs> like I said, I really have no reason other than I'm just a horrible person um, because the segment is good. Uh, no, it is. So, yeah, I might, it might find its way. Yeah, I don't might think find its way into my uh, social media list here. Soon. Did you see a lot of people posting? Um, 
gosh, I guess I wouldn't say a lot of people. I, I wouldn't say a lot of float centers were posting it, but I saw it going around. Um, yeah, it definitely gathered up in my news feed. Is that right? You'd okay. see, yeah, four or five different centers would be posting it. But I, uh, I me, me too, same thing. I sort of uh, procrastinate on watching it because... Uh, I, I have to. I have a problem with with major media and, and mm-hmm. following trends like that, and I don't ever want floating to be seen as a trend because trends are known to come and go. So right. um, I don't want to associate this as being a trend. Which, funny enough, I mean. you're right, Lance. He started out by saying, "Here's the latest yeah. trend," and that mm-hmm. bugged me too. Mm-hmm. That bugged mm-hmm. me too. I'm like, the latest trend that's been around for 60 years. Sure. Okay. Right. Huh. I wonder Uh, when people would introduce something like yoga, would they say the latest trend? Um, Does a trend have to go away? Uh, most I don't know. There's been a lot of trends that have gone away. I don't right. know many. I don't know the definition of trend. Yeah, I know. I right? I've just <laughs> associated to coming and going. Uh, Interesting. Well, I know. Um, yeah. Sorry, Amy. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say if is as far as trends go, I know that as we are uh, moving forward, I haven't talked much about this, but as we're looking to start a second location, uh, that has been something that has been act- asked of us many, many times by potential investors and bankers. Hey, so is this just a trend? How do we know it's not a trend? How do you know it's not going away? It's well, a real you know, concern Amy? for a lot of people. <laughs> I just, I, I know that we're not, we're we're kind of sidetracking here. But what do you? What is your response to that? Uh, well, you know, the great thing is, is I can say, well, it's not really a, the latest trend. It's already been around for 50, 60 years, and we've got some research to back that up. Nice. So, you know, when you look at it long term and you see how quickly it's growing, I, uh, you can't really deny that there's a little something more to this. And, and Lance, what you talked about tonight just adds to that. We're really seeing things happen, and it's not just... Uh, on a superficial level as far as people are starting float centers and uh, they're just uh, uh, kind of coming and going real quick. We're making strides with the medical community mm-hmm. and they're seeing the potential and going with it. Yeah, I don't think there's any trendy of, of self-awareness and taking care of yourself. I think um, yourself isn't going nowhere, so I don't think floating is trendy at all. But uh, yeah. we are getting out there and uh, it's making an impact, that's for sure. Um, I wish he would have um, continued with uh, a float after, so did his what they needed to for TV, but went in there for a full hour, 90 minutes, and checked in after. Um, we talked about the 111-day floating, um, what Dustin Erickson's doing. That's a pretty cool concept. Um, you don't hear many people um, documenting, you know, over 111 days of floating. That's a lot of floating. That's a lot of showering, too. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> so far more showering than I do in a year. Absolutely. 111? Wow. He's going to be the cleanest man around. <laughs> yeah, maybe the calmest, too. That's, um, that's something I've got to know with Dustin. He floats a lot. Um, I know quite a few center owners, and some people don't float as much as others, but Dustin seems to always have the time to get in that tank. And if he doesn't have the time, he'll make that time. Um, but uh, that I'm, I'm excited awesome. to see what comes of this. Um, I like how he's doing it. I like how he's doing um, his pre-float videos, talking about setting an intention. I think setting an intention is a huge part of where you're going to go in your float. And I also like how he's, uh, he's talking after his float. So I'm excited to see where that goes. What about, what? Do you, have you guys seen any, any of it? Or? I did. You know, Dylan posted that this week, and I had not heard about this project at all. Um, and if y'all are wondering, it's uh, what 100, 111 days of floating, and they have their own Facebook page, which I think will be in the show notes. Uh, but basically, yeah, he's floating 111 days in a row. And what I love about this is, number one, the consistency. Uh, what I wish is that he would actually do 
more posts directly after. I, I know the first one he did a post before and after his float. The rest of them have been pre-float. But what I really, really, really want to see is more post-float. I want to see okay. what happens. I want to hear because he he sets about you know he talks about these intentions and I want to hear the results. Mm -hmm. What did he find? What did he not find? That's the stuff that's so fascinating to me. So I hope he ends up doing some more post float videos. Mm -hmm. And um, cool. I, I think yeah. right now he's on day eight. I think that was posted today. I believe. I think nice. it's day eight. So just letting that's everyone nice. know where we're at on the 111 days of floating. Nice. So. That's mm -hmm. good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, that mm -hmm. it's impressive. Um, I, um, we had a lady, a girl, uh, our old yoga manager, um, Alyssa float for, I want to say it was 30 days. You can read about her floating on sensory, sensory underload.com, I think is the, the website. And, mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> she had a great experience. It was very positive, but she talked about towards the end not knowing if she was still in a float tank or if she was in her bed like it just became this very surreal experience yeah. for her towards the end so when she was done she was ready to be done uh so again she speaks of it very positively she got so much out of it but at the same time um i am so curious about somebody floating for 111 days in a row um and i will say that Alyssa would oftentimes um double her floats so like it would be like maybe a two-hour float starting at like 11 and going through toward to one in the morning and she would count count that as floating each day um so it sounds like he is doing completely isolated floats every single day it's a lot of float time um, mm -hmm. so yeah. i'm really excited to hear hear how, how he just keeps going and also so does he i noticed on the facebook page that um, i went to the website and it links to their actual website um which then as a float owner made me think this is also a promotion for their business as well, which is very smart promotion. Sure. I think that's awesome. Um, and way yeah. to generate original content for your business. You know, I mean, if that's one of the best things yep. you want to do in social media, then he's on it. So well done. He and like is. just creating this rapport with your clientele, they're going to want to check in with you. Even if they don't watch every single day, they're going to see that, that, you know, Facebook feed pop up. And, uh, I just think that's very smart. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, his and name is, sorry, ahead. gentleman's name is Dustin Erickson. He does operate out of float space in Kelowna, BC. Okay. And he's also one of the founders and board members of CFC. Oh, so uh, he's working directly with us. So. Nice. Um, I don't know if it's a, it may be a marketing tool, but it may just be his way of um, mm. educating nice. and just showing people sure. how you can grow with, uh, with, with floating. Well, even if he doesn't use it as a marketing tool, uh, it's not such a bad marketing tool for us either no, or other float centers. The one thing I really, really loved is in his first episode, he had a pre and a post float. This is why I love the pre and post float talk. He <laughs> talked after, he set an intention before he went in. And then afterwards, he got out and he talked about how the intention affected the floating. And one of the things he brought up is that during his float, he's very uncomfortable, physically uncomfortably comfortable. And I know that's one of the things we wrestle with with our clients. They come in with these expectations of having this amazing float. And yet they'll go in, they'll have a bad float, and then that's it. They're done. And I want them to see that here's someone who floats every single day or who's floating frequently. And they have some, they have some rough days too, but that's okay. And that's normal, and this is what we can do with it, and this is what we still get from it. Because he still got something from that float, even though it was right. physically difficult. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. And maybe maybe I shouldn't just assume the publicity part so much. Um, I think just as a business person, that, that's where I, I naturally think of that. Oh, but I, think I love great. that. Whether it is or not, the fact that he keeps it sincere is awesome. And 
just like you said, it breaks down that whole. Um, I mean, Joe Rogan definitely talks about difficult floats and that it's not all great, but I mean, that's kind of the general buzz that you get. So for him to be talking about the harder aspects of it. And by the way, that's what make it, makes good marketing is that he is authentically right. connecting mm-hmm. with his community. I think mm-hmm. it's whether he intends that or not, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I hope it serves him well. Cool. Well, I've met him at the float conference. I think he's been there every year. Um, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. he seems like a, just a very cool person. As, as far as I can gather, I, I like him <laughs> on a personal <laughs> level, if that means anything. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you get do yeah. you get people in your sorry do you get people floating in your centers every day like every week do you have any customers like that I who float literally every day yeah well Amy I was gonna say we do have a we we do have a few but usually it burns out after about mm. two months or so most of ours are, are every other week most of our regular float is every two weeks okay. yeah that's now, funny. Our, we all float everybody in the center floats at least once a week nice. works there our highest membership is uh, two times a month. That's our most common membership. Um, uh, if if anybody um, saw Emily's uh, speech, she um, I, I mean, really, what you should do is read the book. But w- she was literally floating every single day, um, and she got self conscious about floating with us every single day or wanting to do multiple floats a day. So she started. Uh, did I already talk about this? But she started floating at at float on. Um, only because she was concerned about what we were thinking about her. <laughs> so she was going to both centers and, and getting her floats did. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to, to more directly answer your question, it's very uncommon. But I think particularly when, when people have some trauma, we see them very frequently, um, mm. maybe three or four times a week. Um, and, and I would say with addiction as well. Um, that, that seems to be the case for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people usually were trying to come pain or or, mm-hmm. or yeah, mental problems. Or. We see our pain uh, management clients when the weather changes, they'll come frequently. And then it? once the pain is pain management, oh. once it's under control, then they'll be done. But uh, sure. once the weather changes, that sort of thing, anything huh. that affects them, yeah. So it's short term in our case. Interesting. Which is good, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, like meditation is is great throughout your life, but at the same time, I think most medical treatments, for it to be, uh, for it to be an improvement to your life, you shouldn't necessarily need it every single day, right? It should be less often or seasonal, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I don't know uh, if y'all have seen this, but our pain management people they'll float for once a week for a while, then they can cut back to two weeks, and they'll still maintain those those benefits, and then just come in when they need, um, which is something we we love to see happen right um and then they are the biggest mouthpieces for floating too even if they're not in your tanks they're talking about your tanks so true and they're getting other people in um yeah i mean i literally i think they are our biggest advertisements um unless there's anything else you want to say about that i'd like to share a little update for the float shop yeah i want to hear what's going on updates are exciting right um let's see here it it I wouldn't say it fell into our lap, but there was an announcement. Um, an email came out to all the different float centers, and it reached um, some other people who are interested in starting float centers here in Portland that there is an isopod for sale. Um, and I, I haven't had to look into float tanks much um, because we, we just had our three. Um, but we did some quick research, made some phone calls to different float centers, and, and found out what they thought about the isopods, and it, it got a lot of thumbs up. So um, we put our... Actually, we totally rearranged our schedule to be the first people to take a look at the float tank, and um, we didn't have the funds. We wanted to work out some kind of a 
payment plan, something like that. And um, the lady who was selling it um, said, not without talking to my husband. You know, I, I basically first person with cash gets it. And um, so Sandra and I drove home and, and we said, well, you know, we're, we're probably not going to get this float tank. Um, and we were okay with that. We, we know that we want to expand, but there's no timeline on that. There's no urgency to it. Um, but we still went home and immediately applied for a loan online and, and we got one very quickly um, to cover the cost of the tank and then some for you know construction and all of that. Um, and let's see here. Uh, we, I gave a call um, to, the, to the woman and said, hey, we got a, we got a loan. We'd like to get it if uh, nobody else has picked it up. And she said, cool, yeah, I'll just cancel all the rest of my appointments and, and it's yours. Um, she had seen one other person, but they, they hadn't committed to it yet either. Um, the next thing that happened was her and her husband showed up at the shop, uh, which Sandra and I thought was very interesting. I don't think most people would actually want to check out the business. Um, so they got a full tour of the place, and we ended up going to the Matador down the street from us and having a drink and hanging out. And um, they're actually a really lovely couple. And um, yeah, long story short, um, we asked for 30 days uh, to, to make our payment because we wanted to apply for a better loan. Um, the loan mm -hmm. that we got was at 20% interest and we Ooh. thought we could do better, but that's just what we got within, you know, an hour. So um, we said, Hey, you know, give us 30 days and we'd, we'd totally like to sign a, a promissory note. Um, and he said, well, what kind of rate are you trying to get? And we said, well, I don't know, 10, 10%. And he said, all right, cool. Uh, why don't you do that through me? <laughs> and so right there on a, uh, literally on a cocktail napkin, we, we wrote up a contract and shook on it, signed the napkin, and now we're the proud owners of an isopod flow tank, and, wow. and we're making payments through uh, through him. So, yeah, it worked out real nicely. So now we're in just, like, crazy um, construction mode, like, not even construction <laughs> mode, pre-construction. Like, we, I have learned so much since opening about soundproofing and that's probably the biggest difference that we're going to make on this float room and this is going to be almost like the beta test for the um, redoing our soundproofing and the rest of the float float house so the upstairs is where we have our three float tanks this one is going to the downstairs um, so we're going to be doing um, two by fours that are spaced from each other um, we'll be using whisper clips uh, actually i think it's a different brand um, but uh, something that essentially you know takes separates the sheetrock from from the wood and then we'll also be using double sheetrock over that. Um, and uh, so I, I'll actually, I'm, I have a few mock-ups in SketchUp, um, which is a free Google software to create 3D models. Um, I'll post a picture of, of what we've got so far. Um, but once we uh, add, you know, a second layer of 2x4s and second layer of sheetrock and the whisper clips and everything it creates a really small room it makes it into a very small or excuse me a very large room into a very small room so we're playing around with it and and seeing where we can maybe not do the full you know two two by four spaced off from each other and instead just use the whisper clips and the double sheetrock and i'm trying to figure out if thicker sheetrock is actually better insulation than thinner sheetrock or if it makes any different difference whatsoever um so uh yeah we're, we're playing around with that it's fun but we also want to be in go mode and we want to do this fast um so we're not just paying for it to be in a storage unit but, right. but get it earning money and it I want to play with this thing too. It's a very modern float tank, and um, I think it has like a remote control stuff, has lights and things that we don't currently have. And our all, all our other float tanks were were purchase used, so this is uh, our first new float tank. So it's very exciting. Congratulations! It's very exciting. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to share, let everybody know what's going on. 
And uh, I can't wait to see your SketchUps. Those are always fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, you actually, you actually, on Art of Floating, I believe you had SketchUps on there a long time ago. And that actually, yeah. I believe, and yep. that led me to doing SketchUp. I didn't know nice. what it was until no I way. found out it through you. So <laughs> I remember sitting in my office, like, we didn't even have our business plan done, but I'm ex- I was building the center on SketchUp, staying up till four uh, in the morning. That I was a uh, SketchUp powerful tool. For any of you that yes. don't know about it, it's free. You can do yes. anything. It's, um, it's like Sims, but for design, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, my business partner caught the bug as well from that. So that thanks, right? Dylan. That's Wasted so hours, man. Oh, <laughs> my God. You guys, that makes me feel so good. I love that it was in, uh, educating people on the fact that it's even out there to yeah. use it. Um, and if I can just break down the technology barrier for anybody, like literally, I think three videos in, I was set for everything I needed to know in SketchUp. I mean, and I'm talking about like 30 second to two minute long videos um, that are in the program, or maybe they link to a YouTube page or something like that. But it's way simpler to use than it should be. It's amazing what you can create with just just using your mouse and like the control button. It's great. And today's episode is also brought to you by SketchUp. No, just kidding. (laughs) It's just a great product. Um, We have a main topic for the show. (laughs) This leads right into it. Right? Yeah, I know, right? It feels like I'm restarting my my float center. But starting your float center and, and, um, I mean, even before you get to the SketchUp phase or, I mean, did you say before your business plan? Was it before you had a location you were playing in SketchUp? Um, well, it was actually, we looked at a location and that's okay. the one we wanted. Right. So uh, I started playing with SketchUp on there and we actually got that location. So, um, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, was, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. no, it's a, it's a really cool location too. We're, um, it's, we, we have the opportunity to build two levels like inside of our building. So, wow. um, when I originally did the SketchUp, I had the ball two levels in there <laughs> and all that, but we're not there yet, but that SketchUp still, oh, still that. hanging out somewhere. So you have all the measurements for the rooms? Yes, that's cool. that's what I did. I measured, yes. you know, the complete building first, and then put that in the system as a, a blank uh, drawing, I guess, and then just built from there. Perfect. And we actually drafted our own business, our own uh, floor plans as well. Uh, my partner Matthew did, and submitted them to the city. So, uh, learning how to draft on paper too, it's not very hard. Uh, huh. I think it's eleven by seventeen paper, a ruler, a compass, and um, we built all our you know tanks to mock up size and scaled it and. Yeah, That's we have so we had pages cool. upon pages of, of drafting plans for our center. But how badass! Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we had, at one time in our area we had about um, that was designed for float rooms. We had sixteen. No, I think it's about about uh, eleven hundred square feet on that one side. One time we had up to eight tanks in there, hmm. and down to three tanks, and we settled with uh, five tanks in that area. So it's amazing wow. what you can do just by moving doors around and. Stuff like that. Isn't that so, great? But, uh, so bef- what what did you have done pre SketchUp? What did you pre SketchUp? Yeah. It all started off with an idea. It started sure. off an idea in the kitchen. <laughs> after we found out about what float tanks were, we start we uh, tried our first float, and from an idea, it turned to writing things down. Take to taking that idea in your head and and writing it down on paper starts to put that into the physical world you start to to see your ideas on paper and grow from there so once your ideas are down and you you have a little bit of a vision you can sort of start going from there and doing your research on your area doing research with health services um, doing overall float research getting to know what you're actually getting into um, 
but it all starts with writing it down. It's it's fascinating. So what did you write down in your first paper? Do you remember oh. some specifics from your from your original? I think it it started with with what we wanted to do, why we wanted to get into this. Like, why do you want to get into floating? Do you want to get into floating because it's easy? Well, no, that's uh, <laughs> not the case. Um, do you want to get into help people? Do you want to get it to bring something new to your community? So we had to tie down our vision and see why we wanted to hear. Um, we had to see, we're from a city of 100,000 people, so how many tanks can 100,000 people hold? So we had to do our research there and, and figure out what was a good balance for us. And then um, we had to get doing the research of the history of floating, um, talk to centers that have already done some of this, and put everything we can find together to approach um, health services and let them know what they're doing, because they had no idea what floating was. So we had to help educate them, and they sort of carried on that, and then putting everything together, all the same stuff I talked about, to put into a business plan to approach for potential loans. Hmm. So. so you almost had an outline for your business plan by the time you got everything written down. Sounds a very, like. very unorganized outline. <laughs> I don't even think I knew what a business plan was at that time, but um, our ideas were down. And once they're down, they're not going nowhere, unless your your dog eats it, but it's not going nowhere. You. So I'm curious, how much has it changed from that first time you wrote it down till now? <laughs> a lot. Uh, it changed quite a bit. Uh, it's been a while since I've looked at it, um, but it's definitely changed a lot. There's a lot more to it than what we thought. And as you're doing construction or you're watching your center be built and you see your first clients through the door, you clean up your first salt flood, you learn <laughs> that it's a lot different than, than what you thought. So um, I'd actually love to go back and... and, and get back to you on that and see exactly how much oh, wow. it has changed that would be fun so that would be fun dylan how about you did you have a did you write it down how did that all come into existence you know ours started with um an idea and uh lots of bottles of wine and just late nights <laughs> talking about it um talking about what our vision was and we were probably a little slower on the writing it down part um but i think lance is, is completely right like once you're inspired, just start writing. Just just put it all on. I don't think it needs to be organized necessarily, but just get all the ideas on paper. Yeah, there's no right or wrong way to, to right. get your ideas out. Once it's down, you know, yeah, edit then, it from there. And then and then when you are trying to write your business plan, which I, I would definitely recommend, then just take those ideas and, and start sorting them out into the business plan. And I, and I think... Um, I mean, I think you should start your business plan sooner than later. I think it really helped Sandra and I organize our thoughts. Um, that was the big thing was, what do we need to know to run a float center? And then once you start looking at all the different sections of the business plan and which ones are going to apply to you for your business, then all of a sudden you take all these bits of information and, and shuffle them into the right categories and it starts fleshing out and you realize, oh, we have a big gap here. And so we need to look into electrical costs or construction so I mean, whatever it is that that's what we need yeah. to look into next mm -hmm. it and, does, uh, it does just, help you find the holes for sure yeah absolutely yeah particularly then when you're trying to sell it to somebody else um and yeah whether it's them asking a question that you don't know i mean once you just start thinking about somebody else looking at this then i think you really look at it critically and you know it needs to go in there mm -hmm. um just to answer the question that you asked Lance, just because I, I think it's really ridiculous, is, is that I think we were going to be, I think we were going to be a five or six float tank center when we were going to open. And I think it also had massage, acupuncture, you know, everything was worked into that, um, including the foot bath that's in one of the original sketch ups is like, 
everything was going to be there. Um, and of course, we opened with two float tanks, and then even as we expanded, we're we're only up to three, and we're about to celebrate our fourth fourth year anniversary, our float shop birthday. So, did um, you start out with three tanks? We how many uh, did you... we owned Sorry. three float tanks before we opened. Um, so Ooh. we we per Sandra and I put in the money to buy the Tranquility float tank, and then um, and then we purchased the Floatarium and the Open float tank, and they were just in storage. Uh, or not actually we I mean we moved them into the float the the float shop um, but we just hid them behind doors in random rooms and such we tiled three rooms um, and then we actually got two two rooms open and so the third one was um, me basically just being completely burnt out and not being able to finish a third room um, and I mean but I, I say burnt out but also then being open and running a float center for you mm-hmm. know 14 hours a day or 12 or whatever it was at the time and um, and then the idea of adding another float tank um, that was a bit difficult but so uh, we owned three but we opened with two but that too was enough to pay rent which is incredible um, oh, nice. oh and one other thing if i could keep going here yeah. is um one of the things that attracted sandra and i or at least maybe i shouldn't speak for sandra but for myself was that it it did appear easy to run a float center um and Obviously, that's a big old lie that I didn't know, and 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 that ignorance was helpful by all means. But at the same time, I mean, if if you have a head on your shoulders and and determination, I think a float center is a nice entry level business to get into. Um, I mean, it's it's different than. I don't know, like you don't have to be a chef. Uh, I went in, I came in from IT and used very little of my information through IT to run the float center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, this is coming from someone who is in a state that's extremely highly regulated. Right, um, right. In our state, it is not a good entry thing. Uh, you know, when huh. you think about it, we've been open over two years now, and there's only one other float center in the state, and there's a very good reason for that. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult and very expensive. Lance, what do you but think about that? It's different. Um, I think uh, I can go a little bit off both of what you're saying. Um, We Mm. did, too, think it was going to be easy. You put up four walls, you get some salt, you get some water, and put a float tank in, and that's it. But there's a lot more to that. Um, Amy definitely went through a lot more struggles with health than we did. And um, ours, it took took quite a bit of work, but I think it can be done by the majority of people. Um, But... Uh, I I don't think really businesses fail. I think people fail. So no matter what you're behind, if you're not giving it everything and you're not wanting to see it succeed, um, it's not going to succeed. But uh, I think everyone can do it. I think probably the biggest issue in the float industry is underestimating how much money it's going to take and how much time and how much effort it's going to take, how Mm -hmm. hard it's going to be. Um, So if you go into it thinking, well, it's not going to be too bad, you have that expectation where – we went. We had two years of hell beforehand, so we're like, "Hey, it can't be any worse than that." Right. Uh, but I worry about people who may not have a a real good sense of of what they're getting themselves into. Um, but if they have a sense of adventure, they're going to be just fine. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Seriously, we, it's true. Yeah, yeah I, I actually have seen a, a float center try and start up in our area uh, around the same time we did. Um, so we started marketing about eight or nine months before we actually opened. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing our own construction, everything, so we couldn't put an exact pinpoint on opening date. And 
Um, a, a couple weeks before we opened, we see another lady open up a center and she really didn't know what floating was. She thought it was a easy way to make money. Uh-huh. You just get a float tank, you buy a float tank business plan from the same manufacturer and go from there. And uh-huh. it was about six months and uh, about seven months. And I think her tank was repossessed from her landlord because she couldn't, she didn't educate her customers. She was sort of targeting a, like a rave community inside of her center. She'd have uh, like subs and loudspeakers and DJs playing. And, <laughs> you know, I've some people just, they, it's difficult. It's not just a moneymaker. You can't just buy a float tank and make money. You have to do your research. You really have to educate your clients coming through the door. Um, there was things that she would do, like someone would come up with a float nauseous and she'd give them a Red Bull. Um, in the float world, we, I haven't heard of anyone else doing that, but, um, there is potential for failure. Was she a floater herself? No, no, certainly not. Um, she, like she called when she got her float tank all set up in her place. Um, she called us asking where to buy salt. She called us asking how to disinfect her water. She didn't have any tools to measure specific gravity, to measure. Wow. She didn't know what disinfectant she was going to use. So, um, but she also didn't want to work with us. So we were very open to help her, and that actually turned into the complete opposite because she thought she knew everything. She wasn't willing to be open and accept it. So um, there is potential to fail in this industry. It's how much do you want to give it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's also just leads right into our discussion topic, which is you have to start writing it down and doing your research. You you have to do all that Mm -hmm. pre-work. It was it was hard for us. Like I said, we have a city of 100,000 people. We started marketing nine months before we opened. Our biggest thing was educating, educating. We started seeing people through our doors. We had all these good experiences. But then there'd be one bad experience at the float center across town, and that would send a bigger ripple than all the good experiences. So, um, you know. That's a difficult one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a concern for a lot of people in the industry now, that if someone opens it not knowing what they're doing, that it does does hurt us. It it doesn't just hurt us in the same town, but it hurts the entire community. that's that's one thing where but Portland doesn't have Portland. regulation. I, I wish we did have regulation. I just want it to be what I want it to be. But <laughs> I, I don't know that I get I get that option. But what this means is everybody can just run a float tank however they want to, which um, that, that can be a bad thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for, it's for also, you know, there needs to be some sort of regulation. I wouldn't say standard, but guideline, because there is no right or right, wrong way to run a business, but there is a right or wrong way to facilitate a float, I believe. I have seen some pictures of water, float tank water, and I've seen in person float tank water that I, th- I truly believe they should be either shut down or suspended, whatever it is, until uh, there should be some kind of metric where I can say... Um, this isn't water anymore, you know, or this is unsafe or what, whatever it is. Or when is the last time you put, whether it's bromine, chlorine or hydrogen peroxide or ozone, when is the last time you actually had it in there? Um, I'm concerned that there are float centers out there that aren't being really up to snuff with that or changing out their filters, you know, doing things that are really important for sanitation. And I, I do want there to be regulations for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
And I have seen some of that water too, where <laughs> it makes you think. And um, it was just a couple of weeks ago we took a, a trip up to. Well, I didn't. My partner did to to view a center, and their water was not up to par. And he sort of asked about them, and they were putting some dead sea salts in the water, which changed it yellow. Right. But they were still using ozone with their water, so you know. It may be fairly sanitary water, but um, the discoloration um, can really turn someone away. And if you're telling your clients that's okay to have yellow water, that's right. what float tank water is, that's not, oh, it's that's not true. And, and yeah. We, uh, during our soft opening, um, we had an iron issue, and our float tank water mm-hmm. went, uh, maybe I won't say it on the podcast, but the brownest brown you, mm-hmm. could, you could imagine, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fine water to float in. Technically, there was nothing mm-hmm. unsanitary about it, but visually, there was no way we were gonna <laughs> gonna float anybody in that water. Um, but that's interesting to talk about the Dead Sea salt, and and I've heard of other float centers advertising that as well. And I don't know the color of their water, um, and if you can keep it a nice crystal clear while adding Dead Sea salts in there or some other kind of salt. But um, you you do think that's bad for the industry overall? Overall, like it's a miseducation. To... Yeah, I I don't think we, I think we should have clear water. I think uh-huh. it should be consistent that we should all have clear water. Um, you know, uh, I don't think we should be, well, it's, I guess if you want to add stuff to your water and sell it as you're getting more minerals, well, there's no science behind it right now saying that how much we're absorbing anyway. So you're just throwing misinformation out there, which I think that is bad for the, the yeah, industry. When, when you say it that way, that makes me worry just because the... <laughs> It's a float tank, you know. It's it's fringe right now, and mm-hmm. and uh, we want to do everything we can to make it mm-hmm. not fringe, to bring it within the medical wheelhouse. And yeah, that's interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that, Amy? Uh, I do. That's probably a whole nother float uh, float podcast yeah. in and of itself. Is sure. how these things affect the industry as a whole. And I think we were talking earlier about uh, Doctor Oz. All these things right. are affecting us, and it, it'd be interesting to look into. Well, how is it affecting the way that we're perceived? Uh, hmm. Is it is it affecting how much funding we're getting for research? Hmm. Uh, this is the same problems that we went that we go through with massage on a daily basis. Everybody's coming into this melting pot, uh, but as the industry grows, it changes, and now there's two. Ca- there ends up being several camps, and that's when the hard stuff happens. That's when when the hard conversations start to happen, which are healthy, but they're tough too. So got it. Yeah. That might be a good uh, question for Colleen. She's the lab mm. manager at uh, Liber, and uh, I'll be doing an interview with her uh, before our next episode. We can all listen to that and, and talk about that as well. And um, so I'll bring that up with her, see what she see what she thinks about that. Um, is there anything you guys want to share before we wrap this show up? Uh, I think we had a great night tonight. Yeah, lots of very cool stuff happening. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, we need to save the rest of starting a float center for next time because uh, okay. there's there's much more to talk about. So uh, we just touched hof- the surface. hopefully this gets some people excited and more excited than nervous for starting a center. So cool. Well, um, mm-hmm. if anybody out there wants to contribute to this um, or has a question for us, so they have a differing opinion than us, or if we just made you absolutely rage out in your car while listening to this because our ideas are completely off we want to hear from you and we really want your ideas uh, we have three ideas here and we want to hear everybody so um tweet us uh you can find us at artful floating um 
you can find us on um, the blog at theartoffloating.com. There's a gold bar on the left side of the website. If you have a microphone or a webcam on your computer, you can um, click on that and leave us a voicemail so we can actually play that on the show as well. And um, your voice can be heard throughout the rest of the community here as well. So um, we, we really want to integrate the community in with this show. And um, this show is really going to be about what you guys want to hear. Um, so please do share uh, your opinions, thoughts, questions, all of that stuff. We, we want it. We want to send it back out to the community. Um, thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. And until next week, have a good one. You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast.